0: This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad. Amen. The word of God for our meditation this Christmas day is our first reading, Isaiah chapter 52. And we'll hear again these words. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news. This is the word of our God. My dear brothers and sisters in Christ gathered once again at our Lord's manger what is your best feature I'm actually talking here about physical attributes. What is your best feature? Is it perhaps your smile? Nice, white, straight teeth. Or perhaps it's your hair, long, flowing, beautiful locks. Larry, that's you and I, right? Long, flowing, beautiful locks. Maybe it's your eyes, sparkling blue or deep green. Or maybe you're just plain tall with broad shoulders and rugged, handsome, good looks. I bet that very few if any of you would consider your best feature to be your feet. Why? Well, because feet are gross. (laughs) <laughs> They're often sweaty and smelly. Fungus, bunions, corns, hammer toes, toe jam. These are the kinds of things that come to mind when we think about feet. And that's why the words of our text, when they first hit our ears, sound so strange to us. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news. Beautiful feet. Really. Well, actually, of course, it's not the feet themselves that are considered beautiful but actually the message that is carried by those feet. Imagine that you are an ancient Israelite and you're waiting for news of a distant battle. You're watching the hills for the messenger to come and finally you see him. He's running over the hilltop and you can tell right away that he's got good news because he's not running with slumped shoulders. He's running proudly with his head held high. He's coming with good news. And when he arrives, you're not disgusted by his smelly, dusty feet. You could just about kiss them because he's brought good news, victory in the battle. My dear Christian friends, today, Christmas Day, I have such beautiful news to share with you. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Isaiah wrote about this savior and what he would do for us what he would bring to us more than seven centuries before his worth his birth When we hear his words today, we simply have to exclaim how beautiful Today our hearts swell with joy because we have before us a beautiful promise a beautiful baby and a beautiful message to share Now you may have noted that in Isaiah's words before us today, he doesn't actually mention Jesus or his birth specifically. So a little background information will be helpful. God's chosen people once again had become unfaithful to him. They had fallen into idolatry. They had begun to worship uh, the, the pagan gods of the people around them. And so God, through Isaiah, told them that he was going to punish them. He was going to send the Babylonians to punish them. They were going to destroy Jerusalem and carry men. Many of the people off into captivity this was a harsh and yet a loving and necessary call to repentance but God also through Isaiah promised them that he would rescue them that he would bring them back from Babylon that he would restore restore them to Jerusalem and to the promised land he promised to rescue them and this rescue is really a beautiful picture of the ultimate rescue that God would bring through the promised Savior And my friends, that's finally what Christmas is all about. God made a promise and God kept that promise. He kept his ancient promise to send his son to redeem the world from slavery to sin and the devil. There was really no other option for God. It's not like God can make a promise and then go back on it. That's just not what he does. In Numbers chapter 23 we read, God is not human that he should lie. Not a human being that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? Way back in the Garden of Eden, God promised to send the serpent crusher to destroy the devil's work. And then throughout the centuries, God repeated and affirmed and expanded on that promise, adding more and more detail to it. Isaiah himself, in his book, adds all kinds of detail, talks about the promised Savior again and again. He wrote, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. Isaiah wrote, to us a child is born, to us a son is given. Isaiah wrote, "The Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all." My friends, this was so certain in Isaiah's mind more than 7 centuries before our Lord's birth that he wrote about these things as if they had already happened them. God promised them and so they were as good as done. God promised a savior, God sent the savior. How beautiful! The story of that Savior's birth has been written about and portrayed in artwork for many, many centuries. It's been portrayed by musicians and various kinds of artists, and they do so often in an an idealized and kind of unrealistic form. Take, for example, Silent Night, which we sang together last evening. Beautiful hymn, uh, traditional hymn that we love to sing, and yet any of you who have been anywhere near a birth realize that it's, it's anything but silent. Or we sing the little Lord Jesus, no crying he makes. Well, newborns cry, don't they? They cry when they're hungry, they cry when they need to be changed, they cry sometimes for seemingly no reason at all. I'm sure that Jesus cried artists also tend to paint the scene and idealize for me you know this beautiful well lit nice clean stable with the animals gathered together and the parents and everybody's just beaming everything is glowing around them honestly i'm sure there was a lot more chaos involved and yet in the midst of all that chaos a beautiful baby now when a baby is born it's not like the movies they don't pop, pop out all nice and clean and smiling and ready for the cameras. They tend to pop out kind of bloody and slimy and their heads have been squeezed and misshapen and everything's all squished up. Now, don't get me wrong, they're still absolutely beautiful. Little miniature people, right? You look at their hands and their feet and you see those little bitty nails and and those the skin that's scrunched up around the knuckles and their, their cute pudgy little faces and that beautiful skin that is so smooth. It's just as smooth as a, well, you know how smooth it is. And there are those noises that they make, the little coos and the gurgles. They're just absolutely adorable. And I'm certain that Jesus, as a baby, was no different. But my friends, fast forward about three decades later, and the details have changed quite a bit. His hands and feet, calloused from years of carpentry, are now savagely pierced by iron spikes. His face is pale and bruised and bloody from that crown of thorns that has been jammed onto his head. His skin has been laid open by the Roman scourge so that you can see the flesh underneath. And the noises, the sounds that are coming out of his mouth could hardly be described as adorable. He cries out from the very pit of the hell that we deserved, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? How could such a beautiful baby, how could such a beautiful new life come to such a tragic, such a horrific end? Well, because that's why God sent him. Because that's what God planned all along. From eternity, he planned to send his one and only son to redeem the world from sin. And he fulfilled that plan by sending his son into the womb of a young Jewish virgin girl named Mary. Ah, what a miracle the virgin birth is. Isaiah wrote, the Lord will lay bare his holy arm. Now the arm, of course, is a symbol of power and strength. And there are periods of history where it doesn't seem like God is really doing all that much, as if his arm is hidden underneath a cloak. But at the time of Jesus' conception and birth, God rolled up his sleeve and flexed his muscles to get to work for us and for our salvation. My friends, the virgin birth is not just a great miracle. It's absolutely necessary for our salvation. We needed our substitute to be both human and divine. And so Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. Jesus is a unique individual, human and divine and in one. Human so that he could take our place under God's law and so that he could suffer and die. And divine so that he could keep that law perfectly and so that his sacrifice made on the cross, the holy blood that he shed, would be valuable enough to pay for the sins of all people of all time, even you and me. And my friends, the results of that suffering and death on the cross, his perfect life in our place, are astounding. Isaiah uses the word shalom, peace. You know, at this time of year we hear a lot about peace. I wonder how many Christmas cards you've received that have mentioned peace on earth, good will toward men. And a lot of people at this time of year think about this in kind of a sentimental way. Let's all just get along. Let's, let's try our best to get along with our families at those Christmas gatherings. And maybe, just maybe, we can even have peace on earth, at least for a little while, an end to war and violence. And, and those are perfectly fine thoughts and those are excellent goals. But that's just not the kind of peace that Jesus came to give us. He came to suffer and die for us and so to establish peace between us sinful human beings and our holy God. And he succeeded magnificently in his mission. Jesus himself said, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. My friends, what joy is ours this Christmas day, Isaiah wrote, burst into songs of joy together, you ruins of Jerusalem, for the Lord has comforted his people, he has redeemed Jerusalem, even in the midst of the ruins of Jerusalem, those returning Jewish exiles could rejoice, because they were captives no longer, they were free. Even in the midst of the ruins of this sin-filled world, even in the midst of the mess that we sinners often make out of our lives, we too can rejoice because we are free and forgiven. We are Satan's slaves no longer. We are no longer held in captivity by our sins. We are God's dear children in Christ, the heirs of eternal life. And all of this because that helpless little baby lying in the manger is none other than God himself in the human flesh. Emmanuel, the Prince of Peace, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, the Savior of the whole world. How beautiful. That, of course, is really, really good news, right? In fact, it's a message too beautiful to keep to ourselves. Isaiah says, Listen, your watchmen lift up their voices. Together they shout for joy. My friends, we now get to be those watchmen. We have the privilege of sharing the good news of great joy that is for all the people. Do you realize how many people in our world, people that you know, haven't the foggiest idea what Christmas is really all about? Do you realize how many people will see a nativity scene and think to themselves, oh, that's really neat, that's cute, and then it won't go any deeper than that. They won't think of the Word made flesh who came to be their savior. Do you realize how many millions, even billions of people in our world have never experienced true peace? And do you realize at the same time that you are able to do something about that? You too can have beautiful feet. You can be the ones who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, your God reigns by letting your light shine in deeds of kindness and love to your neighbor, by bringing your first fruit offerings in support of gospel ministry that shares the gospel here and also all over the world, by inviting a friend to worship or to Sunday school or to Bible study, by simply proclaiming that very simple Christian message, Christmas message, Christ was born for you. You become heralds of the gospel, proclaimers of the good news, and people with truly beautiful feet. Let's go back to the idea of best features for just a minute. What are Jesus' best features? Eyes that saw our deepest need. A heart that throbbed with love for us, a heart that loved us so much that he was willing to come and become one of us in order to save us. Hands and feet that he stretched out and that willingly received those nails in our place. And my friends, still, with those same feet, he runs to our aid again and again, and with those same hands, he reaches out to us in love and gives us the gifts that he won for us, pardon and peace, now and forever. This is the babe of Bethlehem. This is the Savior of the world. This is Jesus, our Emmanuel. How beautiful he is. Amen.